This week's episode of the Away Team Podcast, co-hosted by James Hollis, other side of the hosting, Phil Boileau. We'll put our Twitter handles in the description below. James, how you doing today, brother? Hey, what's up, my man? Doing all right. Um, I'm kind of having an existential crisis. I just uh, changed my Twitter handle. I was snotty dripping for over seven years, I think, and so uh, and I, I don't know who I am anymore, bro. I'm Can Jay I- Hollis Hoops. I'm Jay Hollis Hoops on Twitter now, and it's, it feels it feels like I changed my skin. Can I get some of that credit because I suggested Holus Hoops? Like, uh, like, no, like, I'm not going to okay. give you any credit. I, I, I get zero. All right. I don't well, remember you saying that at all. I remember you saying something oh. about maple leaves. You said something about maple leaves or freaking bag of milk. Up, and I'm like, why would I? I'm, I'm going to pull up this chat and send it to you. Anyways, talk about giving credit, my friend. Even though you're not giving me credit for that, I'm actually going to give you credit for an article that you posted recently on PressBasketball.com. It's in our series, No Country for Old Men, and this one was penned about Walter Ray Allen Jr. And I'm not going to lie, this is really well done. And I'm not and I'm not just saying this because, yes, I work for Press Basketball. I'm actually, for those who don't know, not a huge article reader. Um, that's to say it lightly. I'm more of a podcast and video guy. I was given this one a read, and honestly, I was stuck to it top to bottom. And uh, just got to get my props there. And it just got me thinking... Because I was watching that video that you posted within it, and Ray Allen, and you're saying how in 2008 when he won, he was about 32 years old when he won with Boston. And it got me thinking, because everyone who knows me knows I love the draft, I love free agent signings and all this, and it brings me back to 2004-2005. LeBron James, about two years into his career, everyone knew he was going to be a stud. He needed a Robin to his Batman, and they wanted to add a, a two-guard. There were a couple names on that list. Ray Allen was the top one. Michael Redd, when he still mattered, was the second one. And Larry freaking Hughes was the third. Obviously, as the story goes, Larry Hughes was there. Didn't work out because he didn't add anything that LeBron James needed. And it never worked out. And he went to... You know what? He went to it's, Miami finally. I just, like, like crazy. the what-ifs. When you, met, when you first brought this up, man, it was like... It, it, I, I felt like... Uh, my mind was kind of like a whole new window opened up because I didn't even I don't I barely remember that till you brought it up, man. So there's an alternate reality out there somewhere where from 2005 2006, Ray Allen, who who still was like a 25 five five guy in Seattle in like mm-hmm. 2006 2007, there's an alternate reality where Ray Allen was LeBron James sidekick in Cleveland, and they they gave the Spurs and everybody a run for their money. That's um that's like frightening to think about, and it's just amazing how serendipity plays into things right like we almost had tim duncan and, and t mac in orlando and we almost had ray allen you know prime ray allen and lebron james together in cleveland that's that's absolutely that's nuts well it changes things right 2007 lebron james drags that team to like the near the finals on his own imagine if he had actually ray allen and just like where does he go from there like like does he even go to miami like does he does he just end up maybe winning a ring with Cleveland before Miami happens and the whole narrative changes. Does the big three ever happen? Does, you know, blah, blah, blah. You can say that's crazy, man. It's the butterfly effect, right? I mean, does another free agent see that and say, hey, I'm going to go sign with Cleveland now. And now they have, you know, a free agent big man who actually can play or something. That's that's just that's scary to think about. 
Oh, scary. Because on top of that, like you're saying in your article, like a lot of people look at Ray Allen, yeah, he's a three-point shooter and, you know, the best there ever was and his amazing work ethic, uh, you know, his diet, his body, all this. But people forget that the guy had handles. The guy was an incredible athlete. His all-around skills, I felt, would have been immensely complimentary to LeBron. So this is, uh, as a sports fan, this is our little uh, what-if moment. Hey, but yeah. It was um it was a lot of fun to write um when uh when Mark approached me about it I was like yeah you know he put it out there I was like, it was a lot of fun to write and it, like I said it was like a trip down memory lane looking up a lot of what he did and some of the, the fantastic things he's done like uh, he gave Utah fifty four one night and he just couldn't miss it was it was just marvelous to watch man and um yeah like it, he was a craftsman they talk about how exacting he is in his practices and everything and it just made me think of you know basketball as art. So that's why I kind of I kind of try to weave that through the the little piece I wrote, and it's it's it was a lot of fun. Um, and it, you also got to think like you know he he went to Boston and he was still a big part of that team, but then after that he went in. Hey, let's be real. In Miami, he was a, he was a role player. He was a, a he was a role. A, a, it's kind nice. of ironic, right? Like he ended his career playing with a guy he should have played during his prime with LeBron. Yo, and, and, and 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 essentially. He won LeBron the ring because, you know, game no, six. No, no, we're not going to do that. No, okay. no, no. Okay, we're not fine. doing the narrative thing. No, no. I'm just going to live my Ray Allen love right now. Well, my point is that um, it's like it's it's cool because he 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 subjugated his ego. In, you know, in Boston some, he had a lot of ego, and that was why he left in Boston, right? They wanted to go off the bench, and that was a big problem with him. But he subjugated his ego to go to Miami, and, he you know, he won himself another, another ring there. Two rings? Another ring? Either way. Uh, the the cool thing about that is uh yeah two rings right mm-hmm. but uh it's like think about he was a twilight of his career um and he 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 went and he still found ways to produce and, and make himself be a star you know live up to his his star his star power can you imagine a player like Kobe doing that I can't imagine a lot of guys that uh, taking a backseat but actually. Uh, uh, it's interesting you mentioned that because one of the hottest teams in the NBA this year and a surprise to some, the Los Angeles Lakers. I know it seems weird for a lot of uh, casual basketball fans who thought the post-Kobe uh, Lakers would be this desolate waste of, of losses. Um, but Kobe Bryant, in a weird way, I'm not even sure how to preface this, but do you think that by him demanding that major contract at a time where, let's be fair, everyone knew he was not worth it playing-wise, actually ushered in uh, this regime because uh, 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 Chuckaholic Kobe allowed them to get that, you know, number two pick Brandon Ingram, and and build that nice and build that nice foundation? I mean, Julius Randle, people sleep on uh, from Kentucky. Uh, a lot of people are really loving him. Brandon Ingram, Jordan Clarkson, D'Angelo Russell. I mean, this is a nice little foundation. So. It's just, yeah, it, you're absolutely right, man. But it's just hilarious how, how quickly perspective can change because, sure, um, I, I, I thought it was like a secret tank. I, that's why I kept calling it, like, not-so-secret tank when they, they kept Byron Scott because I thought, he, you know, he's such a bad coach. Um, and, you know, of course, people were like, oh, they're going to ruin the team. They're letting Kobe do this. They're going to break the spirit of this team. And here we are less than a year after, you know, less than, you know, what, four or five, six months after Kobe retired and, like, L.A. is just is all rainbow and, and puppies and, and balloons. You know what's weird about that, though? I don't believe they did that on purpose. I like I There's I something it. about that uh, that organization. I just feel they lucked into this. I don't um, know. I'd I, like, I, I, I feel they I, tried to appease Kobe and with the whole with the whole bus problem with, you know, 
brother and sister fighting. They needed that stability for that fan base, and they just like the last thing they were gonna do was let Kobe go. And at the end, well, they brought in Scott because because look, he was not the coach to bring along these young kids, right? But they knew so, that, and that's I think it was it was basically they punted. They punted the the, the seasons Kobe last season, saying, "All right, we know." Scott wasn't good, right? But they, they know that their pick was lottery protected or like what top two or three protected. So they're like, we don't want to win games. They We don't want to win games. And guess what? Byron Scott is not going to get these young guys in shape to win any games. He's not going to put them in position to win games. I, I think, I really think they knew that. And so think- he, he did all the lip service, you know, oh, play harder and a man up. They knew that. And they could, they could sell to the fans, hey, we're trying, wink, wink. Kobe could do whatever the hell he wanted because, you know, he was Kobe and Byron was his boy. Um, and he was Kobe anyway. It doesn't matter who the coach was going to be. He's going to do what he wanted. So that's what I think they they just kind of hitched their train to Kobe, got the last those ratings in, gave him his victory lap. And uh, they didn't want to bring, like, why would they bring in a good coach to let to watch Kobe do that for a year? They knew it was happening. I totally get that. But do you not think that was a bit weird at the end of Kobe's career that, he, like, he wanted to stay a Lakers so bad that he didn't... Like, like, I felt he would have done the Lakers a solid had he said, okay, send me to a contender for young picks. You can still but suck. That, no, no team would do that. No team was going to do that. No so team we was going to take on Kobe? No, I, no I think the Knicks would have taken no on team, Kobe. James Dolan would have taken on but Kobe. But who, who are they sending? You said for young players. They're not sending anybody of worth for Kobe Bryant, even if they wanted him there. So that's, that's I mean, I get it. You're saying that he's still a draw, but you got to think from the other end of it, no team is going to give up assets for an injured you know, old Kobe who's just making going to twenty four million a year, and yeah, this was so, and, and this is before the cap went up, so that actually mattered. But the point is that, like, we're talking about players in the twilight career and how they adjust, right? Ray Allen adjusted beautifully and he got himself a couple of rings. Um, Kobe, I guess he got what he wanted. He got the attention. He got the shots. His last game was phenomenal. Uh, as as the biggest Kobe hater out there, I stood up and he cheered. took a lot of shots. He took a lot. I, I of didn't. Shots. I did not care because that was a, he he finished the game going like four for four and closed out, slammed the door on a young Jazz team trying to make the playoffs. That that was the most respect I've had probably for Kobe like almost ever. But my point is like for his franchise, either through luck, you think it's luck. I think it was kind of calculated. It worked out. Now they're set. They got young. They got young talent. Uh, they the sky is the limit, kind of for them right now. And a top ten coach, I th- maybe. I think. Hey, we, we talked about this off air a little bit. I've been saying on social media, what if the secret sauce wasn't Steve Kerr? What if it was Bill Walton? It was Luke Walton, because like when when Kerr was out and he co- he coached. First of all, Luke coached the team for more than half the season, so I think he deserved coach of the year. Um, and they had their best stretch of basketball, you know, before Kerr came back. Uh, and now and Draymond Green was behaving because he actually was, I, because because I what was the stat like Dre shot four threes a game to like one point two when Kerr came yeah. back he, like like Kerr was Kerr was riding him and he got pissed off and that was the big blow up they had in OKC yeah yeah so uh, that was a weird thing but like like you have to look at okay as good as as the Lakers are doing right now like like. The coach deserves like, like if Brad Stevens deserves a ton of credit there in Boston. Obviously, I think Walton deserves like like I I think what they're producing is more than the sum of their parts. It, it is basically my argument right now. Like I think guys like like Randall and Ingram and all these guys are gonna be good players, but I don't think they're as good as he's having them play right well, now. Well, no, I think they're very talented in what we're seeing. That's what they're four and four, and I think right we're now still they're still really young. No, yeah, and it doesn't matter. I think it's nine, ten, ten games of the season. They're not going to end up in the playoffs. 
No. Even though right now they're, I think they're one, two, three, four, five, six. I don't want it's them to end up in the playoffs. Like honestly, I like the best. Well, thing I, I, that hold could on, hold on, that. hold on. My point, I, my point is that we're seeing their talent, and they're going to be really good. But right now, uh, you know, they're four and four. That's great. But the point is, like, the whole perspective changed in 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 less than a year. Then we got situations like Dwayne Wade. What we had last summer with Dwayne Wade. It's funny because the parallels is he wanted that Kobe deal, right? Mm-hmm. He saw Kobe get that big deal and was able to ride out in the sunset like that. But he Pat wanted Riley that. knew that he it, it wasn't in their best interest to give someone at that point of his career max money. Exactly. Different, whole different timeline for the for, for the franchise versus the player, right? The Lakers wanted young talent, you know, and they got D'Angelo. They wanted to add players to him. They wanted that, and... Miami doesn't do that, right? Pat Riley. Well, I think they try to, right? But then, like Nick Johnson had this massive contract. Like, like, I think at some point they whiffed on some big guys. Like they signed Whiteside. They had Dragic. I'm, I'm not loving that signing at, at his age, but, um, uh, but they have others, guys. But the funny part about it is everyone's like, oh, Boo Riley, Boo Riley. Like, like, yeah, I can criticize Riley on not maybe being as clear to Wade on what his on where he was gonna go. Well, see, uh, I think I'm going to disagree there. He was very clear. He was very clear. Right? Well, like, I'm just saying, if you go on basketball Twitter, I think most people would disagree with what you just said. I, they, they can disagree all they want to. They're wrong. He was very clear. I mean, he, he, he Riley has never, ever made – he's never – he's always made it known that he will not prioritize anything over winning. He wants to win. He respect, He loves the loyalty. He loves Dwayne Wade. I, I, I think he loves Dwayne Wade and what he brought to the team. But it just did not make any kind of – fiduciary sense to hand him that kind of money when they're trying to keep winning in Miami. No, so, sure. hey, I, people say he, he did them wrong or they want to. Loyalty. We all know it's sports is a business. We know this. We know when it comes Absolutely. to you're dealing with multi-million dollar players and, 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 and franchises, sports is a business. So there's no there's no call for loyalty when it comes down, when the rubber meets the road and you have hard decisions to make. Teams and players, as we just saw with Kevin Durant, they make decisions not so much not based on loyalty, but more on money and and marketability. And and he proved and that again himself. with Chris Bosh, right? If you think about exactly. it, like like he like he didn't want to risk his doctors being wrong. Chris Bosh going signing for nothing in Cleveland with his buddy LeBron and just totally changing the tides. Because let's be fair, if 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 Chris Bosh somehow is not having the severity of his of his of his ailments that they're saying he is, and they have to pay all that money, and then they watch Chris Bosh join Kevin Love and Tristan Thompson in a front court that now would. I think that turns the whole balance of of the NBA. Like as much as as we can all love Golden State, I think adding Chris Bosh to add that dynamic to play the four or the five would have changed everything. Um, but that's not even. It shows you that he's about, and people can say what they want, but the other other in the spectrum is like, is he protecting Chris Bosh from himself? In a he, way, he could be because I mean, look, they had an impartial doctor. We can we can dig into that all day long, right? Yeah. Because, but the point is that that did Wade Wade punted that contract down the road for a couple of years, and he was never the highest paid player in Miami, and that kind of stuff. It kind of sucks for him, but at the same time, but he chose I mean, to do that, right? Like yeah, it's like, still the nature. Hey, I'm just saying it's the nature of the business. And he moved on, and he's in Chicago. Chicago just beat uh, Miami tonight because I don't think Miami is very good. Um, so I don't think Chicago's very good, but they're not either. Yeah, that's a whole different. That's a, we'll say that for another pod. 
but the point is, like, so the, the question was, did did he hold on too long in Miami? Should he have left years ago? I know. Th- should he? Should he have I left think when, they uh, both should. Like, I, I think as soon as LeBron's gone, he should have been gone. Like, right away. Yeah. Because I I just think they benefited from each other. But but talking about guys who have stuck on, take took less money, and I, I think it really is hurting their franchise. I'm... I'm looking at you, Mr. Cuban, with Mr. Dirk Nowitzki. Those two have a friendship that probably is on a top five level with, like, you know, if... So, what, hold on. Let me ask you this. You said that it's hurting the franchise that yep, Dirk stayed on. Yep. How is it hurting the franchise? He's, he's taking, like, dirt cheap contracts okay. up this year. And, where they, well, look, a part of this goes uh, towards their management, right? They haven't been able to bring proper talent. Not a part of it. All of it. That's where all of it goes. Fine, fine. All of it. But at the same point... I still would have traded him three, four years ago while you still like just off that championship. That's it, as soon as you got as soon as you got rid of Tyson Chandler, trade him for the max. I understand okay. what you're saying. So here's the problem. No, no, no. See, and this is where you're wrong for the simple fact that you're you, you, you don't just trade even at the time, let's say right after the championship. Because mm-hmm. when when he won championship, he was definitely a top ten type player. Yeah. Right? Yep. Absolutely. Okay. You don't move a top ten player who wants to be at their franchise for pieces or young talent. You know why? The same reason OKC wanted to keep Russ so badly. They put butts in seats, and having an elite player means you will always have some focus on you, and you'll always have a chance in games. So that's insane to say. Oh well, we're gonna break this team up. Let's ship Dirk out of here. I just don't That's, like being in this middle ground. Like, like as, for everything you just said, it hasn't gotten them anywhere. Like, after that. Like, th- they're sitting there, and I agree. It's their management. Like, like for all hey, this money you know you're what? spending. Ask, you ask, ask any Mavericks fan if it matters. Because it's – real quick aside, me and as Matt Moore – no bias. No, no, no. Real, no. Me and, me and Matt Moore talked about this because I, I kind of started the same thing about uh, Memphis, uh, uh, like, last year. Mm-hmm. If they're not going to win a championship, why they just break it up? They've been together for years. Ask any Memphis fan if they would trade the grit and grind years for anything, and they'll probably tell you no. Ask any ask any Dallas fan, hey, if you could, would you have traded Dirk right at the championship if you had a chance to bring in like more talent and and you would have maybe won another championship since then with no Dirk? Would you have done that? I and that's guarantee. That's why the difference between a fan and and a and a guy who enjoys business of basketball. The, the, this is where we're but always going to be. Cuban's a fan. Cuban's a fan. And He's I get fan. it. I, I I get that's why he did it. I'm I'm just saying for someone who's able to step back and look at it on a purely sports business standpoint. But who it, cares it, about it, that? Because not a business. Sports is entertainment. Sports is entertainment. If you're if you're entertaining millions that you if, if millions of your fans and you're packing seats to come watch you guys play and and sure it's bittersweet you lose in the first round. Nobody wants that. But you get to cheer for these guys. I mean it's it's easy for us to say oh yeah just break it up. It's easy for us to say that because I'm I'm with you. I was saying the same thing about Memphis last year. Just break it up. It's it's stupid. They're never going to get past the second round again. They're, they only got to the West Conference Finals because Russ got hurt. But I mean, you could talk. We'll go on Twitter after we're talking here, and we'll talk about this because I, I think you probably get yelled at by a lot of Dallas fans. No, <laughs> no, I'm I don't want I don't want Dirk out of here. So, right. uh, okay, well, uh, we'll agree to disagree on that one, but. I mean, if there's one guy who's been known as the ultimate guy who took who, who took some uh, who took some concessions on his contract and is deadly missed, uh, I think we're both in agreement. Uh, a, a certain spur. Yeah, Tim Duncan. So it's almost like the the bizarro form of Dirk, where 
you know, Dallas hasn't had a lot of success as far as, you know, deep playoff runs since their championship. But Dirk wanted to stay. He took less money, and they finally cashed him out this offseason. Um, Tim Duncan's role got smaller and smaller. They still won that ring recently. And now that he's gone, uh, 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 he's gone. They had cap space, and they signed some more people, but they're really struggling to, to I think, not really struggling, relatively struggling. They're only 5-3, and three, but they have more home losses already this year than they had all last season. They've uh, they've had some you know they've they've showed some vulnerability. Gasol I think's been a me- kind of a mess on defense. So it's funny that we say that because the Spurs where everyone was saying hey they're going to be the third best team they're going to challenge they maybe can challenge Golden State blah blah. It's not quite like that. Kawhi is breaking out, but uh, they they have well they got you know, the same problem as Golden State. They can't block any shots. Like no one's afraid to drive on this team. Well, there, there's, it's the fact that they their best player is two players put together. If you can combine Powell with Dwayne Dedman, you'd have a great center. But you can't, <laughs> and you really can't play them together. So so, so it's funny to look at, like, I, I wonder how long, you know, I, it's weird because the clock's counting down in the first half. I can see it already. But I'm, I'm wondering how long I'm going to pass the ball to you here in a minute so you can take this last shot. But I'm wondering how long until, you know, when, when do we actually acknowledge that maybe the Spurs – aren't quite who we and and how and how do they go forward right because the roster construction they are who they are you know just talk about trading lamarcus blah blah so i'm wondering like how long do we give the spurs you know that how long do we give them before we say they're not who we quite thought they would be this season so yeah i think in in terms of that i I think anyone who thought they'd be a legit, legit contender without Sean Walker, like anyone who looked at this, oh, uh, hey man, uh, hey, you just, uh, you, saw this issue. But honestly, but you just, you just what? missed a shot. That was a halftime buzzer. All that right. was a halftime Bang. buzzer. All right, boys. Well, listen, uh, we'll continue that part of the conversation maybe on Twitter again. But we're gonna have to catch you on the second half of the away team podcast with James and myself. We'll be back talking a little bit more. That was basketball. just. Terrible shot clock management by you. I kicked the ball over to you. You're supposed to just lay it up. Hey, if you're kicking the ball, this is soccer, not basketball, buddy. That's terrible. (laughs) It's called a kick-out pass. We'll catch it on the other side. Peace. Dribbled around too much, man. You think you're too fancy, all right? (laughs) Stop hot-dogging out there. What you mean you ain't never heard about the away team? What you mean you ain't never heard about the away team? The away team? The away team? Those guys, that's your waiting. Panic button. When do you hit it? Um, it's really early. It's crazy to me. I saw this article floating down my timeline on social media. When I say social media, it's going to be Twitter because I'm, I'm a Twitter addict almost. I saw an article uh, from ESPN, and it's already talking about the BPI projections of teams as far as their playoff chances, BPI playoff odds. Um, we're less than 10 games in. Things are going to change. I always said you got to give teams about 20 games, the NBA about 20 games. you agree with that, about 20 games? Well, especially those teams who haven't played together, right? Who are just like right. brand 20 new Right, 20 games players. just to settle in, to get the everybody, the whole NBA gets to a certain rhythm after about 20 games, right? Well, unless you're the so, 76ers, and then it's kind of just guaranteed. Well, yeah, they're going to be a dumpster fire regardless. But they're actually fun. That's the thing. They're actually fun and playing hard, even though they're, they're, they, they're still losing. Joel but, um The point being that, like, some of the teams – you know, that ESPN was just crowing about and crowning and we all know and love and people talk about are showing their true selves already. Now you really can't, like I said, needs about 20 games to you really see what a team's made of. But I think you can see some trends already. Um, you agree with that? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that 
I mean, this early in the season, things like uh, like injuries, uh, playing uh, playing rookies too much, or stuff like that, obviously affects it. But absolutely, I mean, people don't really get their their gears going until about the quarter mark, either way. Right, right. So like like Utah, right? We can't really judge Utah too harshly because there were so many Gordon injuries Hayward, right off the bat. Favors Hayward. Hayward was already out, Favors was out, and now George Hill is out, and they're still five and four, right? They're still right there in the playoff thick of things, which is ridiculous to say at the only nine games in. But Memphis, right? So Memphis has been kind of a, a it's been a rock. They've been a rock there. Hey, every year they're gonna be they're gonna be in the playoffs somewhere in the three. And their fans wouldn't have traded it for anything. They wouldn't. It's funny to say that. We we could talk about it, man, but they I've seen the light, man. I've seen the light and the glory. Memphis is uh there's you know, every year three to five, maybe six seed, gonna give somebody a, a rough first round, might get the second round. That uh grit and grind, it, it means something. It means a lot to not just to them, to the NBA. That's who they are, right? You know, three three yards in a cloud of dust football, just smash mouth kind of basketball. Uh, they went a different direction this year, and uh, they they re-upped. They gave your boy Conley a, a whole billion trillion bucks. Uh, 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 he was my boy until he signed for thirty million, and I'm like, wow, you're maybe yeah, worth maybe twenty. So, but yeah. so right now Memphis Memphis is four and four, but they've had some bad losses. And if you look at their point differential, it they have one of the, you know their their uh, point differential is negative five. You know, they're, so they're being outscored by five points, like five points, I guess, a game per hundred percession, whatever it is. Either way, it's negative and it's one of the worst in the league. Mm-hmm. You know, right now, only only Dallas, Phoenix and New Orleans are, are worse than them in the West. They're struggling, I think, a little bit with this new system and to get guys. You know, they still don't have a lot of shooters. Vince Carter, who's, you know, 85 years old, is a big part of their offense. Well, they got Chandler so, Parsons, but he kind of forgot how to shoot as soon as he signed his contract. And he's, you know, he's just rounding the form, so maybe he gets it back. So here's the question to you: Like, how long do we give them? You know, should they panic? Should we? Should they be panicking, Memphis, right now? Oh. And if not, when should they start panicking? When should they start thinking grit and grind is is forever over? Look, before I start with the negative, I'm going to give the positive. Uh, you kind of alluded to it there. Draft Wade Baldwin with Deonta Davis. I thought they did actually really well there. I like both those picks. Uh, but to me. He, you need to cut bait and get some value for the future right now. I mean, guys like Marcus Gasol can get you a ton back. Mike Conley can get you a fair bit back. He's making a ton of money. I mean, uh, Zach Randolph, I mean, it, it's, you know, he's doing what he's doing off the bench in 14 minutes, putting, I mean, not 14 minutes, in 21 minutes a game, putting up good points, I mean, per minute. I like what he's doing. It's just, again, this team is going to be at best, in my mind, a bottom feeder of the playoffs, is going to get absolutely torched at the top. Um, I don't think they have the athleticism or anything to really make noise. And the two rookies that I just mentioned, I think, are at least two, three years away from doing anything real. I think it's it, it's it's a classic opportunity of taking, you know, the, uh, the, they have a guy who can produce right now one in, one in the two. I mean, sorry, one in the five. Go get value for it. I, I, I would never stick with this team, but I see if they don't think they can keep free agents or get nice okay. young talent. So here's the problem with that get value form is that we know they might well they pay market value slash overpaid for Conley yeah but they had to because they're they're Memphis guys aren't going to stay in Memphis what team is going to take you know thirty million dollar a year Mike Conley who's twenty nine years old and has what five more four years left on that contract Mark Gasol's thirty two years old he's he's making what twenty 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 five million dollars a yeah. year 
He's a, he's an injury risk. What team is going to really want to take Spurs that on? would love Gasol, but the Spurs. So what are they? That's come oh. on. What are you? What are they going to give I you? Know, I know. I know. Well, because well, all they all they really course. can give you is Aldridge or his older brother, right? So and, what are you doing? You're just worth. you're churning. Yeah, you're churning. So what you're doing? You're, you're going to no. Mark is very good. Mike's very good, and I th- I think by the end of the season, I think by maybe January, this team is going to look a, a lot better. They're going to kind of settle into their roles and and get guys uh, where they need to be. So I'm not. Well, but I, well, if you're happy with that spot of just sneaking in the playoffs, and not doing much else, sure, sure. Dude, this is the thing. You keep saying this, but there's five. There's five kind of franchise uh, uh, superstars in the league. Once you get past those five, it's it's a very tight margin between like say maybe seven and twelve or thirteen. Every team can't have those guys, and so if you don't have those guys, you gotta just gotta do. You gotta work with what you got. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So, hey, Mike Mike Conley and Mark So want to stay there. You you do that. And you try to build around them. And if it doesn't work this year, you got them both for like three, four, five more years. So what what are you doing? What what's the point of, of making a huge move and trying to trying to ship one of those guys out? You know what I'm saying? Are you going to burn it down and, and start trying to you know tank for the draft? What, what? Well, you know I would, but uh, I'm a hinky wannabe. But um, yeah, I mean, there's definitely both sides on that. But okay, uh, let's let's go to a team with a little bit more youth, maybe. A team that I detested coming into the season, but got a lot of love, the Washington Wizards. You know, all their all Otto Porter's taking the next step. Bradley Beal, nice shiny new contract. Uh, John Wall trying to prove himself. All this, and then it just falls apart. Sure, it could come back together. This is another classic team that I think I like a couple of their players, but when your front court has Markeith Morris in it, Otto Porter. I don't know. It's just nothing excites me about this team. And I just think it's the classic case of being stuck in the middle. I think there's so many nice young teams in the East that are going to vault over them that, I mean, it's a discussion, right? Like, can John Wall be your best player? I mean, and see, it's it's back to the same thing. If he's your best player, because that's what you have, then he's your best player. Sure. And they were just in the playoffs. They were just in second round, ready to knock off Toronto, like uh, two years ago. So we yes we've seen him actually have success. I think the problem more is um, injuries because they just signed your boy Mahimni and he's not he's not ready to play. He's he's a nice modern center, a nice piece for them. Man, I, Indiana I if, misses I, that guy. Yeah, they really do, and I think chemistry is a big part of this thing. I was one of the people who was kind of high on Washington. I thought they'd kind of have a bounce back year. We haven't seen it yet. Uh, right now, the oh man. I th- I said they were gonna end up like a five or six seed, four or five or six seed, and right now I think they're right out of the playoffs. And it, you know it doesn't matter; it's really early. But uh, they're they're so inconsistent. They they just don't seem to really mesh right now. They seem to be uh, on different pages. So I would yeah, drop I, on the TNT and 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 start it with Bradley Beal at least. But I don't think he's movable at this point. They just gave him that money. So, dude, so let me ask you this: So both of these teams right now, your suggestion is blow it up. That's crazy to me, dude. You, I, every team can't. I, I'll even say this for the Wizards. You actually, you might have a point. I think you might need to move John Wall and start fresh. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, you know, and if you can move out of, you can move out of Porter. You can move a lot of those guys. You might be right. You start fresh because they they just seem to be kind of in a quagmire. They're kind of uh, just kind of stewing in their own juices out there. John Wall and he's counting other people's pockets, all that stuff. So. So maybe you're right there. Um, I'm already panicking. I, I say that I'm hitting that button right now about Washington because it's just they just don't seem to, 
You know, Wall got ejected from two games back to back. Frustration is already kind of boiling over. They're not happy campers, those guys. And there's no team chemistry. But speaking of another team that actually does have chemistry um, and a team I was kind of high on the playoffs last year when I saw them battle it out versus the Clippers. Um, Portland Trailblazers, what's up there? Uh, well, you tell me first. How about you You tell me first? What do you see happening in Portland? I have no problem with them. I just think they've got a low ceiling because their front court skill isn't there. I think they are. They spend way too much money on guys like Evan Turner. Um, I like Crab. I like <laughs> TJ. I like and, – and, and you hear that thing by Isaiah Thomas saying they miss Evan Turner? I don't care about what he says about – Evan <laughs> Turner is, is such – he Trash. has – I think I saw today he has the worst uh, net on off. In the league, <laughs> and like the other night, he had like he's making like seventeen million dollars a year too. He's making and Kevin, he's, he's at, making Kevin Love money. Yeah, he's averaging like eight, two, and two. And again, I I don't understand how Portland wanted to be like a Golden State light, right? And and get shooters and activity and length, but then you bring in a guy who can't shoot threes and wants. To I think the they ball. just figured honestly they'd play uh, Lillard and CJ a little more off ball, just have them shoot around curls and, no, and, and have a small board. They, and that it doesn't Nick matter what they roll. thought. He's 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 freaking a, a dumpster fire right now. But for me, Portland, um, I wasn't that high on them anyway. I thought they'd struggle to to even make the playoffs this year. So while people were projecting them, hey, they're going to take a step forward. They might be the third, fourth best team in the West. I wasn't that high on them. Now they could turn around and they're. They've done this the last couple of years. They go on these incredible runs. They'll win 20 out of 26 games. And they, hey, can they click later on the season? They can. I'm, I think Dame right now is playing like an MVP candidate. And I, think I love that backward. Is, I love Crab. Love CJ. I just really think they've got to take some of that talent. I, I, I don't, I don't think it's a blow up. I think it's taking talent and spreading it around a little bit more. Well, and they need that front court how, guy. How much more spread out can it be? They got, they got talent on that roster. You got talent. It's, but it's just, all to one, two, and three. I mean, they've got guys playing out of position at the four. They got guys like uh, Myers Leonard and Mason uh, Plumley playing center. I mean, to me, that's your Achilles' heel right there. I mean, if there's ever a team, again, it's like there's only so many bigs to go around. I, it's, we can't just say every team needs this, that, because you guys. I mean, we can say that, but in reality, we got to work with what you got. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's let's talk about Dallas. Dallas is kind of in the same boat to me where they have this – they have some talent on that roster. It just seems like a weird fit. And I think that this so far seems like that this is the year that Dirk is starting to show his age. He's been the ageless Dirk up until now, but oh, he can't sure. – you know, we're, oh. we're not even ten, Oh, it's just, ten, year, just this year? And, 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 well, then after, no. and then after signing all these guys, this is – I can't even begin to tell you how disappointed I am in this team. And, like, I like I like I kind of like they got Andrew Bogut on the cheap and and – Harrison Barnes is doing some things, but if Harrison Barnes is going to be your best player, you're in a lot of trouble. I don't like how this team is built. I like Wesley Matthews. I'm actually a big Deron Williams fan, and I think these veterans on teams with more youth and more forward progress would add a lot of value, and I think if Cuban could stop being a fan and start being a GM or start letting his GM run for a bit, like, look, it sucks, but you need to lose sometimes. Look, if you want to have a last hurrah for Dirk, Sure, whatever, but but see, that's the whole point, though. It's like this is not for you. You know, you're you're being a capologist, whatever. This is Cuban is made Dallas a very fan friendly, fan interactive thing, and the team is the same way. And he did this because Dirk is a, Dirk is going to be a god in Dallas for the rest of his life. 
You know what I mean? And he's a he's a he's a franchise icon. You don't just ship out a franchise icon because hey, you're getting old and we need some draft. What if you, you sent that? him to a contender and you had that conversation? Unless and, and, Dark comes to you and says, "I'm ready to be moved," you don't do it. You just don't do it. And Dirk hasn't done that. You know what I'm saying? I feel a lot of ways it's like the Kobe situation without the young draft picks, without the, the D'Angelo Russell. You don't just you, you let him have you let his career run its course because he's earned that right. He he's won you won you that ring on his shoulders. Mm-hmm. So you let him. It's and it's funny because I, I guess I'm kind of being a hypocrite because I was on the man. I can't believe Kobe did this kind of train, <laughs> but maybe I've seen the light because it it all worked out for the Lakers and with Dallas it's a, it's a, it's a different ball game. There's there's nothing else. Once he's gone, they're going to have. It's not like it's not like uh, San Antonio where you know they had already Kawhi. Once he's gone, once Dirk's gone, it's going to be kind of bleak in Dallas for, for a hot minute. Yeah, no, that's true. So you got to give your guys something to to boast about. Yeah, okay, I can see you there, but um, I'll, I I I want to move on to the next one because I know it's your baby, but this is one that I just think is an ugly, ugly, ugly mess that my man Stephen Adams is stuck in. Uh, OKC. <laughs> I really want to know where you stand before I give you my ultimate opinion. Oh God, you're you're gonna be wrong. I can already feel it. Um, there is no wrong. There's no, you're gonna be wrong. So it, it this is the thing. They they did everything right. They they did a lot of things by the book right, but I think a good GM knows certain things in his gut and makes certain moves and does things off. Maybe not intuition, but just off off his own knowledge rather than by the book. I think Preston never did that, and they're reaping the they're reaping the the aftermath of you know moving Harden for financial decisions and not getting more help because they were scared of the luxury tax, and that's why Durant left, and they had to, so they're. I think they're they're still kind of doing that. That's an interesting they, call because most people are really high on Sam Presti. Hey, I, I buy, he's a great by the book GM, but if you look at the, look, the the results are Kevin Durant decided, even though I've been here for 10 years, I can make more money here. I'm going to go somewhere else. Because of Russell that, Westbrook. No, it's not because of Russell Westbrook. He said it himself. While other teams got better, we just kept getting younger. And sh- I, I, look, if they had another player in there to take the pressure off both of them, I don't think he goes anywhere. And and, and, put, and, and cements his position as, hey, we're a top two team in the in the West and we're right there going state. Okay, so if they, if they never left, left James right, Harden uh, run away. Uh, we're gonna we we're not going. That's not the discussion right now. I'm sorry, but that's. I'm just saying the fact is for them, um, they are. I think they're third or fourth in the West in the West right now. Yeah. Oh, the record's and looking good. Yeah, sure. The record looks really good, and that that's all well and good. You got to beat who's in front of you, right? They're fourth in the West, but just watching them play, um, I'm wondering if now they're they've made the monster of Russell Westbrook. And he he's a, a fire breathing dragon. I'm wondering if that fire might consume the team at times. I saw it the other night. Uh, they 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 actually got back to the Toronto game. They got it down to four, and he just had one of those kind of flame out games where he just short circuited everything they were doing and they ended up losing. Um, and I, I just they gave Adams the money. They gave uh, Victor Oladipo the money because they had to. Right? You got you got to pay guys and show and try to get guys in there. Um. Oh, because people forget, think, like, 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 as much as they had those megastars for years, like, okay, he's a small market, right? Exactly, and that's why, see, that's, you can't, it's funny, you're agreeing about that, but you're saying Memphis, Memphis should trade these guys. You kind of got to, if you get guys in there, you got to pay, you got to try to lock them up and say, hey, stay here. We're, but it depends we'll, we'll how old them. they are at a certain point in their development, right? Like, like trading a guy no, like Adams. No, it doesn't. Adams, no, it, doesn't. it doesn't. 
It doesn't because what are you going to do in Memphis if you trade Marcus All and 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 freaking Mike Conley? You're not going to get other guys to come in there. But the point being that is, um, I'm not hitting the panic button yet, and I think a lot of people, especially OKC fans, are rightfully happy with the record and what they see. I'm just I want Westbrook to. He's great. I love him. I'm, he, I'm his biggest fan, but maybe I'm being hypercritical. He has to find a way to trust his team more. And like, you remember when the Bulls used to feed uh, Bill Cartwright to start every game off? Yeah, and, uh, and Rick, Luke Longley, uh, uh, Rick Smiths in Indiana. Yeah, you get your big guy involved early. I think they need to do that with Stephen Adams. Uh, Oladipo has got to be more aggressive because even when he's even when he's aggressive now, he's just kind of reckless and out of control. So um, I, I think I. I don't I'm even optimistic. know what a panic button on that team looks like, to be honest. Well, here's the thing. Um, I For me, I thought there would be a four to six seed. And I think a lot, some people agreed. A lot of people t- were telling me they're going to struggle to make the playoffs. And I, I poo-pooed that idea. They have at times looked so bad as far as they can't score. They're just coughing. They're turning over like it's fun. I, I If I say if, if they, you know, they drop five of six over the next, you know, in the, if they have a stretch where they'll drop five or six in the next couple of weeks, next couple like by January, I'm going to worry about them. I'm going to worry about them, and that panic button will be tickled a little bit by me. Yeah, well, I'll be interested to have that conversation to see how you work that panic button. Now, so – Sorry, go ahead. Um, well, no, I was going to do you a solid now because you said my baby was OKC. Well, your baby was Detroit. Where did you see Detroit in the preseason, and what do you think about how they're playing right now? I saw them because of continuity is kind of like a five to seven spot, maybe sneaking up to four. Big Stan Van Gundy fan. I um, I, I like teams that have systems. Um, I, I don't think there's anyone there who's really, you know, too hot-headed that make it gross. Like, I think uh, Tobias Harris has a high ceiling. Uh, Stanley Johnson, for as much as a lot of people hate on him, I think could turn into a decent player. Uh, Reggie Jackson's been hurt, but he's can, he can put up points. My biggest worry when I look at them now is I, I I just really worry when your best players are Andre Drummond and and Reggie Jackson. Look, it kind of plays to the same thing, but I think Detroit's in a slightly different spot. Detroit's a bit of a bigger market. Um, I think they're I don't think they can successfully win with this as their team. What do you mean win? This what, so what do you consider winning? Okay, contend. Like, sorry, uh, because to me there's contending or nothing. So if it's not oh, Jesus Christ, dude. look, you don't have to agree. I'm just saying on my level, it it, it it's going for a ring or or going for a pick. That's like that that's how I view terrible. No, like, that sounds you, that must be from what you were saying. It must be miserable to sit there and watch basketball for you. Because no, that means, no, like, that it, means like fantastic only fantastic because, only... because I like the development of teams. The teams I like watching right now are all young, up-and-coming, with, with, with brilliant young players who are just turning into, like, like the Lakers who we prefaced with, with, uh, you know, Milwaukee's, Minnesota's, uh, Utah's. Like, like, I love the NBA for that, for the growth. But at a certain point, if you're stagnating and topped out, like we spoke about with, with, uh, with, with Memphis... Look, you you have your right to see it a different way. I'm just my saying. My point is that Drummond is like 22 years old, dude. 23 years old, and he's a he's an insane athlete. And Reggie Jackson, like his this is only his second year running the team, and you're already like, oh yeah, middle of the pack. Reggie Jackson didn't even play the game yet this season. I, I get, man, that's tough, man. That's <laughs> you're 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 hard on these teams. My point is that if Reggie hasn't. Reggie was actually pretty good last year. Um, yeah. I think he's going to come back. You know, it's going to take him some time to round back into shape. 
by January, we'll see what this team's really made of. Uh, I like Caldwell Pope, actually. I think he's going to sign a massive contract. Like, I think he just looked at Oladipo be like, I can do what Oladipo does and better. You're giving well, me my, money. My point is this, that, like, for me, um, my, 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 my thing gives me pause with Detroit is the fact that, like, the other night they benched Andre Drummond for not having energy. Uh, you just handed in this mo- this massive contract, and you're playing. You know, it was a who are they playing? Was that playing Miami? Uh, I don't know who they're playing. Either way, that's just a bad. That's it's a bad look. Well, last year they had an issue with him too, where he got benched for not hit free throws, and he was on the he was on the And then they brought in all these bigs, brought in Lure, they drafted Ellerson, uh, uh, which is a nice draft in my opinion. No, Ellerson stinks. Um, uh, now I I'm sorry, Detroit fans. He probably doesn't stink. I I just wasn't high on him. But my point is that um I I, I thought that Detroit would be four to six seed and right now that uh espn bpi ranking says uh, they're going to finish like seventh so that'd be a disappointment to me that'd be a disappointment if detroit finished seventh after finishing eighth last year i i love tobias i love the fact that him and uh marcus morris you know they're scoring wings they were long and can switch between three and four that's good Are they a bit redundant I, no it's good the versatility you have it's like saying that's like saying because you had uh you know, Andre Iguodala, Kevin Durant was redundant. No, it's not the same. Or My Andre point is the Drug- more, the, um, Andre the Iguodala more, and, and Draymond Green's closer, but yeah. Well, the point is having the more long, you know, long arms kind of hybrid yeah. threes who can actually play three, four. And that's where the that NBA have, is going. I get it's it. It's the better. Yes, it's right. the better. So, so yeah, I think um, – so you don't really like where Detroit is, what you're telling me. No, I mean, I think I need to see that massive jump between uh, Jackson and – look – I understand what you're saying, and I think potential is massive, but I think free throws matter, and that's one of the reasons I really hate on the Clippers because of DeAndre. I I just don't want to see that for Drummond, um, and I just worry they brought in a lot of bigs to kind of cover for that. And and I and I agree with everything uh, you just said. I don't think the uh, uh, the chemistry on some levels is right. Maybe it's Van Gundy. Maybe it's something else. But no, no, I don't know. I didn't say that. Don't put words in my mouth. I'm not putting words. Think... I'm saying I think at this point. Oh, okay. Well, I don't think it's even a chemistry issue. I think it's the fact that Drummond just has some maturing to do. Yeah. I think getting I think getting Reggie Jackson back will almost like we talked about with Kobe and the Lakers and oh it's what was me, but then this year now it's so you know, it's all sunshine and puppies and, and, and rainbows. Once Reggie Jackson gets back into the flow of it and they actually have their attacking point guard, you can move Ish to the bench and your rotations can settle out. I think Detroit's gonna be really tough. Um looking at the East, uh, you know, the Pacers are struggling a little bit. Um, well, they've got size. They can pass. They can shoot. Yeah, my, yeah. that's my point. I think Chicago's going to really cool off here soon. I think, again, uh, right now, Toronto, the Cavs, Charlotte, Boston's going to be better, I think, with Al Horford and Crowder get back. I, I'm worried about the Pacers right now. My point is that Detroit can be right there with the Pacers. They can, they can be. I'm the Heat are going to fall all the way off. I'm not. I'm not. I think I like the consistency level. Like, if I'm going to say some nice words, like I think Detroit can be that team that has a high floor and a low ceiling. Is that fair? That's fair. That's a little better. All right. Now, uh, the last team we're going to talk about here, um, Minnesota. Coming into, they were the darlings. Everybody loved Minnesota. They're going to make the leap to the playoffs. There's Golden State, and, and they, then there's Minnesota. Basically, that's how people were talking about it. And I just don't get it because young teams just don't overnight become playoff contenders. Well, because people, people were drinking the Carl Anthony Towns juice. They were looking at Zach Levine fresh off his dunk contest. They were looking at landing Chris Dunn, uh, number five in the draft. 
uh, Andrew Wiggins uh, coming off a 20-point season. Um, and then you, you looked at all these guys, all this raw potential, and then you brought in Tom Thibodeau, and as, as for much he's known as overplaying his guys like Dang and Butler and Noah into the ground, you're like, well, maybe if, if anyone's going to, you know, shorten that learning curve for these boys it's gonna be him and 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 listen everything i just said i agree with but to expect it in this type of a timeline like in two three years i think we should fully be expecting a top at minimum six seed in the west at minimum if you're keeping this squad and you've decided what you're doing between dunn and rubio and i'm not gonna lie dunn's been crazy hot and cold but again he's a rookie so that's gonna happen um I think this is a team that this year, um, A, I think they're just going to be a fun team and kind of like the Lakers, a team that no one really wants to play because they could drop a, an L on anyone, but they can't do it 4-7 to seven kind of thing against anyone. Uh, Why does that matter, though? Is it the play? It no, 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 no. I, no, no. I, right now. I'm agreeing with you. I, I, I'm just saying I think they're on a great developmental course, but to expect them right. to be a playoff team right now is unreasonable. And now I'll say this. Hold on, we we got to kind of be fair because we just did. I just did this with Detroit. And I just realized I'm not being fair at all. They're missing their starting point guard. Yeah. Dunn shouldn't be starting right now. Uh, Rubio messed his elbow up, I guess. Right, whatever yeah. it is, and, his elbow. And I think he's making so, it clear that he should be the guy they keep, not Dunn. By the way. Um. Well, no, I'm not going to agree with that. I. What do you mean, not done? So you think they should trade Dunn? Yep. I've been saying since the start you, of this season, Chris Dunn for Maryland's Noel all day. What is hey, wrong with hey, you? Hey, Dude, the guy hasn't hey, played like ten, play 10 NBA games. I love Chris Stop Dunn. It. I just think for the development of Wiggins, Levine, and Cat, you want a guy who sets them up a little bit better. Guy you know who works with them, Ricky Rubio. I just think chemistry-wise, it works very. I have zero against Dunn. I absolutely adore Dunn. I just think all I'm saying is that that maple syrup flavored weed you guys got in Canada must be <laughs> bomb. That must be some primo. <laughs> you don't just draft a freaking guy so high and know what you're getting out of him. He's a great, he's already a, a pretty good defender, yeah. you know, relatively as a, for a rookie. He's got that Dwayne so, Wade look to him, like his body language. They get that? So this this is my problem. Yeah, he does have a very weightish kind of, uh, he's very physical, very strong. He's got that weird Euro step almost to him. So, dude, this is the thing, though. It's like it doesn't have to be either or right now. You, no. You're developing You're developing uh, done for the next couple He's of years. He's not ready right boys. now. So, yes, you don't say which one yeah. either or. And Rubio already said, I think, he, he's, he's he was making noise about, well, hey, if this team's not ready to win. That's my whole point. He's on a different timeline anyway. He's already – how old is Rubio now? Rubio's 25, this, Dunn's 22. There's only three right, years difference. So, oh, well, yeah, I guess it doesn't – so – there's no rush. That's my whole point. So oh, absolutely no not. Right now. And 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 let's think of it again. If they miss the playoffs, that's another lottery pick. And in a daunt, and, and from what I'm hearing, this class is supposed to be pretty hype. So if you so, can get a nice player out of that, and maybe decide down the road what you're doing, I I was just kind of hoping to pull uh, Nerlens Noel to pull that kind of tie with Cat Kentucky tie. But the, I wouldn't be mad at that because they need a point guard in Philly. So let's get that started. We're gonna start that rumor right now. Chris Dunn, Nerlens Noel, do it. I'm down with it. Um, Wade Ball would have been nice there too. Oh yeah. So no, no, I really wanted to see there go to Philly. Yeah. I was thinking about Philly, not not. I'm not talking about Minnesota. Yeah. But we're talking about point guards of Philly. I would want to then see them take my man, um, Kay Felder, from Cleveland. I yeah. think he'd be so much fun. I, I I I've got my opinions. I don't think he'll ever be a starter. Like I think being five nine, uh, we had this whole conversation about CP3 the other time. I think it's going to haunt him forever. I, th- I think he'll be a career backup, Nate Robinson floor kind of. I mean, like, better than him for sure, but. 
it doesn't have to be either or because Isaiah Thomas is a quality starter. He was an all-star last year. Yeah. And yes, he might not be. You're already thinking about, oh, can he wake them, take him to a championship? Well, yes, he can because you got players like Jaleel Okafor and Ben Simmons. All you need, you want him to be a, a scoring point guard who can, you know, do some things on offense. So he won't be the best player on the team. Yeah, sure. You can have KFL on that team. I'll give you. But don't forget, right? Hey, isn't it right? Ben Simmons is going to be the pretty much the de facto point guard. Isn't that what we're saying? Oh, I get it. I'm completely saying the point guard who they get back needs to be able to score. And that's why I said done over Rubio the whole time. But um, a last one, uh, which I'll throw in that uh, Noel trade before we end it off. Um, I actually would have sent him even now for uh, Jordan Clarkson. I actually really like the idea of Nerlens Noel, Julius Randle, and uh, Brandon Ingram. No, oh, that's actually a pretty damn good deal. Yeah. Hey, man. Not always every, the worst, Every man. episode, brother. Every episode you come up with something. Just when I think that you can't get any worse. Just when I think that I got I to gotta find a new Canadian co-host and that you're just going to drive me insane. You come up with something. You came up with two today. You got the Ray Allen, LeBron corollary thing that was pretty cool because i didn't remember that and then you even brought it full circle and you're like and then he ended up you know winning a ring for lebron which is insane but um yeah that's that's good man i like i like the thought of that jordan clarkson for nerland's noel huh he's already signed up and you know the lakers i mean they threw the money at mozgov but the cap's going up again and uh yeah the kentucky tie noel and randall as well that's actually not a bad idea hey you know what man Fill the pill. There's hope for you yet, brother. Oh, my God. So oh, my God. Brother. Oh, my God. Hey, guys. Uh, th- thanks so much for listening this whole time. Uh, oh, we, started the, we started the show talking about the um, James's article. Make sure to check that out on Press Basketball. A bunch of other great stuff we got there. And continue the conversation on Twitter. Uh, he's got a new handle. So it's at J Hollis Hoops, right? At J Hollis Hoops. At J Hollis Hoops. Uh, so, hey, real quick, I want to throw a caveat in for everybody listening so they don't think we're idiots. I was talking about the Spurs and their quote-unquote struggles. It's relative, right? The Spurs are still great. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's all relative. Oh, we're, speaking about, um, and, oh, we're speaking of a bunch of playoff teams, right? So, so it's, it's relative across the board. Yeah, and then another thing I want to say is that um, this that whole second – the second half there, the buzzer just went off, right? Game's over. We won, as always, um, even though we're their away team, and that's probably the worst thing to be. <laughs> but all said and done, um, we actually know nothing. We haven't played ten games in the NBA yet. Team, some teams, some of these teams we're talking about are gonna look totally different by January. And then you guys are gonna listen to this show and say those guys are idiots. And I'll and I'll just say just point at Phil, not me. Got him. I'm six five, so point all the way up, buddy. Got him. All right, so <laughs> are you six five for real? Yeah, man. Why aren't you in the league? Uh, I I don't have those basketball skills. <laughs> handles must be trash. You got a jumper? Yep. All right, you post up, post up game. Yeah, I do, but considering in high school uh, when it would have mattered, I was six three, one thirty five. Uh, wasn't strong enough to to, uh, to post up a water boy. Uh, Did you have to walk around with rocks in your pocket so you didn't blow away? Oh uh, man, in basketball practice, like like the coach would bring me donuts. It was that bad. He would bring me donuts, and he literally called my house asking my parents to start instead of like skim milk to have like homogenized milk. Like he had this like plan to fatten me up. So you had to like sleep with bags of milk under your bed and it's got osmosis. Yeah, it's kind of I mean, absorbed. The... I mean, that's why I don't drink milk now. I just had like a crippling childhood of <laughs> trying to fatten me up with the stuff. All that's good. Wow. All fun stuff. Well, listen, uh, stories like that and more to come. The away team, James, myself, don't, Phil. 
say don't threaten them with stories like that because they'll stop coming back here. Our stories were terrible today. All right. Now, um, no more milk. Promise. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible. All right, guys. Well, listen, lots of love, and uh, we'll keep it going next time. PressBasketball.com. Press Basketball.